Ready, Dave? Everybody, we are hey, hey. Don't Let's Start, a podcast about They Might Be Giants, and true to form, this episode is about They Might Be Giants. Yeah, we we will never deceive you. This is a really oh, I'm Jordan. I'm Dave. This is a really Jordan, <laughs> and this is That's a really so Dave. Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> that was my the name I wanted for the podcast. Yeah. but Dave vetoed. I like it. This is a really exciting interview. We've got a historic figure in They Might Be Giants mythology. We sure do, folks. George R. R. Martin's They Might Be Giants uh, <laughs> series of books. Yeah. We are talking a to... A Feast of Crows. A Feast of Crows. <laughs> um, what would a They Might Be Giants Game of Thrones book be? It'd be like... A, a nest of, wait a bir- a house of birds <laughs> a house of birds <laughs> yeah um a giants of theys we are talking to michael small he wrote yeah. for people magazine in the 80s he is the first one i just learned this there were reviews of some of their earlier demos even cuz really? I've, I've been researching their demos for yeah. a special episode we're going to do which is a little hint that's yeah. not it's a direct statement yeah. not a but hint uh <laughs> Yeah. It's a hint in the way like a children's like like games book would give you yeah, a hint. You're like, this was... is where the hidden object is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, right here. Circle oh, it. There it is. Um, there were reviews of their very, very rough early demos, even the Flexi Disc, mm-hmm. but they were in little zines that no one fucking right. read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, no offense. Um, I'm, as someone who's made a zine that no one's read, mm-hmm. uh, it's not a, a judgment call. But People Magazine was this huge national possibly international i don't know at the time anything's possible anything's yeah they could if someone could have smuggled some people (laughs) i think that's illegal to smuggle people over the over the (laughs) into another country um they could have smuggled people into another country um (laughs) anyway people magazine was a huge magazine it still is i think even in today's day and age of no more work a day world (laughs) no more magazines everything is in a pill or whatever michael small reviewed that they might be giants 1985 demo tape in People Magazine, we've got the review here to, to reference. Dave, do you want to? Should we read it? It's short. No. Give context. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, um, we could take. We can read it as if we're talking. Like I'll say a sentence, then you'll say a sentence. It just says they might be giants. That's the name of the demo. Yeah. Michael wrote, "This is a New York City band so unknown that it doesn't yet have a record label." Its music is only available on a mail-order, cheap-quality cassette. But this pop-rock duo is bound for greater glory. John Flansburg, 26, and John Linnell, 27, write and perform songs that are just wacky and theatrical enough to make them sound unlike any other band. Yet the songs are also conventional enough that anyone can hum along. Flansburg and Linnell champion the Ogden Nash, we talk about that later, school of lyric writing. The words are nonsense, yet still a lot of fun. In Youth Culture Killed My Dog, they sing the hip-hop and the white funk just blew away my puppy's mind. Another tune is a love ode to a female hotel detective. Dave? <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Some of their 23 very brief songs come across as arty throwaway jokes, but their energetic delivery makes almost any gag work. And if their synthesizer accompaniment sounds not much more complex than the kind of musical doodling any novice can come up with, the beat makes it almost impossible to keep from dancing to numbers like put your hands inside the puppet head. Linnell also proves that the least tip. I like. I think this is fun. It's harder to read. I feel like all audiobooks, everyone should like take turns and stuff. Take it, Jordan. Linnell. 
Linnell also proves that the least hip instruments can make the hippest music, as he rocks to several tracks on the accordion and the baritone sax. The Giants, who most often take on a smart-alecky, new-wave twang as they sing, very accurate, show themselves versatile enough to deliver a country song about a cow that lives under the ocean, a hymn about the day Marvin Gaye and Phil Oaks got married, and an old-fashioned drinking song with the chorus, when I think about the dirt that I'll be wearing for a shirt, I hope that I get old before I die. These guys should definitely change their name. It won't be long before they they really really are are giants. giants. You're welcome, Michael. Okay. Hope you enjoyed that when you you listen to this. It's fine. (laughs) No, I was not stepping. I was joining. Uh That's what I tell everyone. (laughs) I didn't bump into you. I was joining you. I was joining you. Like a pod person. Um, So, oh my God, that's that's the review from People Magazine. We... Got to talk to Michael. We he, got to talking. He, we got to talking, and we reached out to Michael. He is the nicest guy. Oh, my yes. God. He's really funny. He still has really strong opinions about They Might Be Giants. Yeah. Not just the demo, but their newer material. New stuff. We, it's really just a fun conversation. Yes. Kind of what I want a lot of our interviews to be, which is like just fans talking to other fans about They Might Be Giants. Just a couple guys having a real bull session. <laughs> yeah, in our man cave. Yeah. Um, I wanted to promote his show. He got on my radar because he interviewed John Flansberg on his podcast, also a YouTube show, I Couldn't Throw It Out, where he discussed not being able to throw out the 1985 demo tape, which he has. Uh, It's a fantastic interview with Flansberg. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm biased. I love interviews with these guys, but this is a really unique one where he doesn't Mm -hmm. answer the same old questions you've heard a million times. This is like very specific and interesting and funny. What makes John Flansberg tick? Yeah. So without... Further delay, we are going to listen to our interview with Michael Small. The interview was conducted in Queens, New York hmm. by Jordan Cooper and Dave Fox. Yes. And it was a, a rollicking good time. It sure was. Please enjoy and stay tuned after the show for a special secret. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> Not really. Okay, here you go. Thank you, Michael. Okay, so Wow. We are here with Michael Small. Michael, you are kind of a mythic figure in the story (laughs) of They Might Be Giants. You basically broke their career Mm. like wide open Uh, (laughs) or maybe fixed their career. I don't know. The term should be fixed their career, right? I would love to hear the story from you. You basically got their demo tape somehow, reviewed it in People Magazine, mm-hmm. and that got a huge amount of attention on They Might Be Giants. And we were actually just watching the part of Gigantic, the documentary that you're in. Mm-hmm. The, really, the, the defining moment for me was in terms of their demos. The original tape that we put out in, in 85 was kind of like, I think at one point we're thinking it's like a history of the band. We sold it ourselves at shows and stuff like that. And then finally this guy named Michael Small got a hold of a copy and reviewed it in People Magazine. People Magazine was a really incredible place to work at the time. It was like the golden years. And if I was excited about something, I could come in and we could write about it. So I came in and told Ralph Novak, who was the... um, music reviews editor, that I was really excited about this. He said I could write the review even though there was no record out. And I wrote the review and just put the address where you could order the cassette. It seemed insane to me that um, a demo tape, I mean, what ostensibly was a demo tape, I mean, we didn't call it a demo tape, and we were selling it, so it was really, it was something real. But, I mean, it was only real because we said it was real. There was nothing, there was nobody behind it, there was no, no, it was a cassette, you know, it was just the, the cheapest thing possible. 
And they tell the whole story there and John Linnell says your name and it's it's really like, it's clear they're still very thankful and you know, <laughs> like they still think about that. So yeah, tell me, well, I'd love to hear about your start. How did you, where, how did you start like, with People Magazine or or in that career in general? Well, first thing I want to say is that I think your your podcast is amazing. And wow, the, thank you. The, <laughs> that's the end of the interview. <laughs> the commitment is yeah. it just blows my mind, and it's wonderful, and and <laughs> it's really a fun thing to do, and I love the way you approach it, and that's why I'm so honored to be here with you. And wow, I. Also think that it's interesting that I get credit for writing a review of a demo tape <laughs> when you consider that the people who recorded the demo tape have such enormous talent and all I did was appreciate it. You know, yeah, but they didn't they didn't get back to my email though, but you did. So <laughs> you get all the credit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just more and more now that I'm revisiting the time when I reviewed that demo tape and uh, doing an episode on my own podcast about those memories mm -hmm. that I more than ever appreciate They Might Be Giants. They mm -hmm. are my favorite band. It just confirmed mm. that they're my favorite band. The, the elements that I saw back then are still there, but I didn't even pick it all up. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, there were things that I missed that I'm getting now, and I'm so glad to be part of it. But to answer your question, mm -hmm. uh, I was in book publishing, and I had applied for it. My very first job was in book publishing for a year, and I went to apply to be a fact checker at People Magazine, and they told me that there were no jobs, and the woman who interviewed me had these stringy plants hanging in her window. So when when she told me there were no jobs, I just said, you know, those plants need some attention. I happen to be a lifelong gardener. And so I said, can I have a pair of scissors? And I snipped all her plants. Then I made cuttings and put them all in a cup with water. And she said, can you start Monday? Uh, wow. <laughs> I've never thought of doing that. That's the missing element. <laughs> yeah, the gardening element. Yes. And wow. I, I really knew nothing about pop culture. And I was a fact checker hmm. for a few years. And I was one of the first fact checkers to become a reporter because I was so eager. I would go to anything and do anything. <laughs> and I was very interested in alternative, uh, what we called college rock at the time, because yeah. friends of mine had turned me on to it. We all, I remember at the time we debated like, is it college rock? Is it alternative rock? Is it progressive <laughs> rock? Um, <laughs> we couldn't find the name for it, but a few of us were really interested in it there, like several of us. I mean, like there are at least five people who were really interested in that type of music. And we had such a great time together. It really was a dream job. I often thought that I should just give them back the money because <laughs> they shouldn't be paying me <laughs> to have mm -hmm. such a good time during those years. And I was encouraged on so many levels. And even though I was not a good writer and I really had a lot to learn and <laughs> a lot to learn about reporting, they encouraged me. And one of the things they did when I came in and said, this demo tape is amazing, they mm -hmm. said, you can review it. Wow. Which makes no sense. How did you get that that demo tape? Yeah. Uh, well, here it is. I have it in my hand. I'll shake oh it so God. you can hear it. 
There it is. <laughs> and um, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and this is part of the fact that my podcast is called I Couldn't Throw It Out, and I <laughs> save all these treasures. And, yeah. you know, this is just one of my things I've saved from, from They Might Be Giants. But um, what I remember, things were a lot easier in those days in many ways for journalists. Uh, I used to think it was a lot to turn out one story a week not like 15 mm. a day the way people yeah. have to do for the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would yeah. I would write it and rewrite it and write it and rewrite it. And also, you know, if you've been in a modern uh, newspaper or magazine or website office, they've now got everybody in rows right next to each other, which I guess there's a tradition of that. But I had my own office with a sofa where you could take a nap <laughs> if you had too much to drink at lunch. Nice. and what i see in my mind is that uh their manager at the time or promoter at the time was his name jamie does that ring Mm -hmm. a bell jamie kitman jamie kitman i'm pretty sure wrote to me and i was very open to cool people writing to me you know i wasn't (laughs) as cool as they were so when a cool person wanted to come up and say you've got to take this cassette i was like buzzed him on up in the time life building which was at 50th Street and 6th Avenue yeah. in Manhattan. I was so excited to be in the Time Life building because Time, Time Magazine, Life Magazine, Sports Illustrated, Money, they were all, <laughs> at that time, all those magazines came out of there. And it was it was a really exciting place to be. Pretty sure we were on the 29th or 30th floor. Buzzed him up. He came up and handed me this cassette. And wow. I had what was then a very... Uh, exciting piece of equipment, <laughs> which was a Walkman. Yeah, and yeah. I were pretty sure that I went to visit my parents who were were living outside. They were living in Louisiana at the time, I think. And um, I remember having this in my Walkman. I was on some sort of transportation to go see my parents, wherever mm-hmm. they were. And it blew my mind. I was like, mm. I love this. I love this. Yeah. And I can tell you why, you know, listening to it again and thinking about it first of all i love music with a sense of humor and yeah deliver on that um it was so much fun to listen to it the songs are so catchy and melodic mm-hmm. like you can sing yeah. them as soon as you hear them and mm-hmm. a lot of people i i know spend time trying to uh get to the heart of the lyrics yeah I, I, so we, we sure do, do. <laughs> i feel like to some extent that at least for me and it's different for everybody that that the lyrics have a wonderful sound. The sound of the words is amazing. Saying mm-hmm. the words feels really good. And yeah. the precision of the images, the clarity, unusual words, I just love. But I, at that time, was seeing it more like Ogden Nash. I wasn't looking oh, yeah. for... And I mentioned that in my review. Yeah, we just, re- before talking to you, we reread mm-hmm. the review again. And it, it does say a kind of like nonsense lyrics, which I think in our first episode, I feel like we talked about that review and we talked about if that is, if they are nonsense or not. And and even John and John have kind of gone both ways in interviews because you'll <laughs> in one interview, Linnell will be like, oh, it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then in another interview, they'll tell this like really personal story like oh that's based on this and that and that and you're like oh <laughs> okay so what so it's really they kind of don't give a clear picture of wh- and i don't know if it's even 
song by song or even line by line if like that that line's nonsense but that line's not and you know and as a songwriter myself I've done that I've written songs based on a personal experience but I will throw in something that just kind of pops in my head that I don't quite know the meaning of <laughs> almost as a way to not keep it too like on the nose you know or or to like yeah and free or like unfathomable a little yeah freer that's a good yeah it kind of opens it up i wonder if th there's that to it but yeah your your review mentions ogden nash which i'm not very familiar with actually um well, we were actually Google googling him oh, yeah <laughs> well yeah. that leads These me to something dummies. else that i wanted to mention to you which is that yeah. um aside from all that there this music really speaks to me maybe mm. more than to most people because many of the references that you would have to look up are familiar to yeah. me. And mm -hmm. like, I'm wondering, I want to give you a little list and see, did you have to look <laughs> these up or did you know who they were? Okay. Yeah. So, cause <laughs> to me, all these are familiar. Uh -oh. What about Phil Oaks? <laughs> yeah, Jordan, what yeah. about him? I didn't, for, not for, for the podcast, I didn't have to look him up because I already knew him, but because of they might be giant. So what I mean is years ago when I was like 15 and like high school, I looked up Phil Oaks's music because of the They Might Be Giant song. And then I like became familiar with a few songs like Outside of a Small Circle of Friends yeah. and a few other things. And then they also covered a Phil Oaks song, oh. uh, One More Parade. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there was this cover of One More Parade yeah. that I was like really familiar with that because I listened to it all the time. Only like, the most passing knowledge. But yeah, I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, know Phil Oaks yeah. before They so, Might Be Giant. So I, I listened to Phil Oaks. Uh, right. How about... Yeah. Lincoln, Massachusetts. No, I didn't know anything about Massachusetts. Not before they might be giants. No. <laughs> okay, so I grew up uh, about wow. 10 miles from there. We played them in sports. And, oh, wow. And those guys wow. are, are younger than I am, but they're not that much younger than I am. We probably even had overlapping people that we knew. So there was that yeah. wow. connection for me also. So then imagining that we grew up 10 miles apart, like, mm -hmm. do you, did you know what a close and play was? No, 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 and I we didn't even know. I missed out on that for our first, our when we talked about Toddler Highway in our like second episode of the show. That was before I was getting super obsessive and researchy. But only recently, I found an old commercial on YouTube for a close and play, and I'm like, I wish we played a clip of that. It's Kenner's new electronic close and play phonograph, now with solid state sound, batteries not included. Kenner's new electronic close and play phonograph. 45 RPM records not included. So in my life, I wanted to close and play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had portable when I was little. I guess I had a penchant for this kind of stuff early because when I was seriously, I could have been no older than eight and I was probably six. I had two <laughs> record players that were portable that I carried around and played records on. Mm -hmm. And they were not a close and play. And a close and play seemed more modern. And you know, and for yeah. those who don't know, a close and play was a record player. You closed it and the needle would go on the record and it, you put the record in, you closed it and the needle and it would play, yeah. which probably was horrible for the records, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, so that, that was a reference that I knew cause I had wanted yeah. to close and play when I was young. Um, well, the other ones, I just want to say like only recently listening cause I took yeah. it for granted back then in, on the demo tape, you can hear little 
whoops and things that sound like Prince and Michael Jackson who were making music mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, and Youth Culture Kill My Dog. Yeah, so so it was, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, it's research. That I knew. It's research <laughs> now. But when mm-hmm. we heard it, it was current. See what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Definitely. it was like, yeah, yeah, of course, that's what we're hearing. And and also the hip-hop parodies. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop was pretty new then, but let's see, yeah. I, my, I started working on my book about hip-hop in 1990 and mm. this was 85 so it was pretty they were they were on the edge of all those those sounds yeah. before mm-hmm. anybody and we as record reviewers would receive these hip-hop records so i certainly would have been familiar with it um mm-hmm. one thing I, I i don't know if you know but when you're maybe you've been in this position when, when you're a record reviewer at people magazine everybody wants to send you everything so you literally get so much yeah. product that opening it takes hours every week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm on the other end because I've sent yeah. my <laughs> album out to music blogs and stuff. And I'm just like, it's kind of, it's like doing the lottery. I'm just like, <laughs> they're not going to even open this. Well, you, know? Now you know and, why it takes hours to yeah, open. Yeah. Um, Think about it from their I point I try of to view. make it like attractive and make, draw on the envelope. Oh, but, listen to me. And but you know. <laughs> slip a 20. I gave the Flaming Lips their, one of their first ever reviews because I found oh, them wow. in that pile. They might be giants. Wow. And I was really looking for people who were going to send me something unusual and wonderful. And yeah. I was bored by a lot of what everything else that was out there, even though I mm-hmm. probably wrote off things that were good. I I was looking for exactly this. The the one other thing that I want to mention in terms of, of references, it goes, it's jumping ahead, yeah. but since it's the first album is now called the Pink Album. Is that right? Well, not officially. I okay. don't call it that personally. Oh. I call it they might be giants. Okay. So we'd, we'd <laughs> rather just... die than call it that. <laughs> <laughs> or I just call it the, uh, the first album. The self-titled. Okay. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of colors on the cover, so I never understood that. Well, that's yeah. that's what I want to talk to you about, which is, I mean, it yeah. seems relevant since many of the songs are the same songs yeah. as the demo tape, just not the same versions. Um, yeah. But, like, I also covered the arts in general. I covered the art mm-hmm. scene for People magazine, so I did a lot of, I did a lot of reporting about Keith Herring and and people mm. like that, I actually wrote mm-hmm. his obituary in People, which was wow. extremely sad thing to do because I I knew yeah. him. I remember when that happened. Yeah, yeah. It, and so through that, I knew I wasn't thought Rodney Allen Greenblatt was the greatest thing ever, and then yeah. he's on the cover of this band <laughs> that <laughs> I reviewed their demo tape. It's like yeah, it was it was this world where that was all part of one world. Is what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. to you, and yeah, and. And the last thing that was a big surprise to me when I went and looked at the demo tape again um, is I remembered incorrectly that <laughs> that everything right is wrong again was on the demo, and it wasn't. Yeah, that is weird, actually, because it's on their 1984 demo. It's oh. like, uh, and they they put out a flexi disc, this like mm-hmm. little very thin vinyl, and it was like trip side one was everything right is wrong again, and side two was like you'll miss me, and that seemed to be the song they were putting out there a lot, and then for some reason it's not on the demo. It's it's really weird. Well, this is like to take the overlapping full circle is mm-hmm. that I have a few all time favorite movies that are not so popular with everyone else in the world, and <laughs> one of them which 
you know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is the long, long trailer with Lucille Ball and, De- and Desi. Mm-hmm. I, that movie, I'm, I guess you may have seen it now out of research. I would have. See, when we did our first two or three episodes about I the first it. album, I was not as obsessive. Like, I thought it was going to be more a casual chat show, kind of like what we're doing. Now I, would have, now I would have seen it. But at, I still I still haven't, and I've been meaning to, but I would have at the time if I was obsessive. Like, I've been watching tons of movies for the podcast but did you in find the past it, year or two. Did you find it funny when you saw it? I remember liking it, yeah. Could, yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> uh, did you? Uh, well, you don't have to say that, but I, I, I <laughs> you laughed. saw right through me. Yeah, it's easy to tell when Dave's lying. I, uh, oh, well, for me, I laughed so hard at that movie when she has <laughs> yeah. the rocks in the in the trailer and they're on the cliff, and yeah. the look on her face as they're going around those corners. I, I literally could not breathe. I was laughing so hard at that movie, and and and, and it's this fantastic satire of a culture that I kind of remember. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. old enough to have lived through it. It's like, um, I think that came out in 1954 and I was definitely born after that, but it's this amazing satire. So I do remember, I did not discuss it with John Flansburg when I spoke with him uh, mm-hmm. for my podcast, but I do remember saying something about to John Flansburg at one point, like in 1985, like, or 86 or whenever, oh, yeah. you mentioned the long, long trailer. And he said, I know, that's such a dumb movie. <laughs> he says the same thing about the movie They Might Be Giants. Like, there's all these interviews. And I, I don't know if you've seen that movie. Have you seen They Might Be Giants from uh, with George C. Scott? I, I, so long ago, I don't remember it. I, I love that movie. I think it's, like, incredible. <laughs> and in all these interviews, John and John are like, oh, yeah, that's a bad movie. <laughs> I yeah, like, we're liking it. Maybe I just have different uh, movie tastes. Than <laughs> I remember that as well as the long, long trailer. Yeah, we watched They Might Be Giants together. I remember them both the same, which is not much. It's apparently. great. It's a great movie. It's, like, <laughs> kind of funny and eerie. And it's kind of, like, reminded me of, what like, the band and their lyrics. Like, it was, right. had a lot of paranoia, paranoia and a lot of, like, <laughs> insanity. But there was also, like, kind of, like, goofy comedy in it. <laughs> I was going to say about the references you were naming, on the one hand, there is like the Massachusetts and the older pop culture stuff. But on the other hand, they've got like references to the 64 World's Fair, which is like right outside my my window is ah. Flushing Meadows Park. And, ah. and they've got all these like Williamsburg and Brooklyn kind of. So in, in that way, like we've talked about that in episodes, they, they speak to us in very specific ways because they'll mention very and like their music videos like puppet head was done right in williamsburg a place i've been a million times so in in some ways the the band's like iconography and lyrics i run into them just in my normal life like like, oh that's the thing from the you know so there is that aspect to it where they're you know and that was also like a hook into it like like hearing the lyric about the 64 olds fair and being like oh my god that's like and the music video for don't let's start was filmed a 10 minute walk from where I live now, you know, like, yeah, it's the sort of New York overlap. I, but I literally remember my sister singing, it's a small world after all. (laughs) It's a small world. That was like, and then seeing, we were like blown away. We didn't get to go to the world's fair, but we saw Mm -hmm. film of the little animated characters. It's a small world after all. And that left such a strong impression on me. And I guess on them too. Yeah. I mean, I went to the Disney World version of that when I was a little kid. I want to talk more about like your reaction to the demo because I was also re-listening to the demo and and it really like boggles my mind. It's like, what does someone make of this? Like, it really is a crazy Mm. collection of 23 
And some of them are sort of traditional songs, but a, a lot of it is like some of their weirdest <laughs> and not just weird, but like very raw, w- raw, weird material. Like, like it's not even like the kind of like more maybe like the, the, the mixes and like the, the vocal performance is a little more uh, grotesque <laughs> on like the demo. <laughs> like they kind of like they slightly normalize things a little when they re-recorded them. You know, like for example, Hotel Detective. Yeah. On the first album, he's singing it like kind of a very boisterous, like she's got her ears to the wall. But on the demo, it's like a weird, she's got her ears to the wall. <laughs> like he's doing a car- like weird, bizarre voice. You know what I mean? So I actually think your review really captures it. Like it, your review kind of mentions like, yeah, they're artsy kind of smart alecky guys, but there's like also kind of a goofiness there. And like you use the word wacky, which I think like became like a bad word for a lot of They Might Be Giants reviews. Uh, but like since you're the very first, I think it's like <laughs> fine. But um, yeah, in terms of what else jumped out at you on that first listen and that made inspired you to be like, I have to write about this. Like, was there a moment, was it right away when you pressed play? Do you remember? Or was it like a little into it? You're like, okay, this has to be, the, the world has to know about this. Yeah, I loved it right from the start. A word we yeah. have not used, which is really important that I've learned from my more recent listening is imagination. Mm, yeah. What amazing imaginations they have. Amazing. Yeah. And ability to preserve what comes out of the imagination. You know, for most of Mm -hmm. us, it just flits away. Mm -hmm. I just am in awe of the way their minds freely pull up associations and images. And and yet, there are songs that, that, as you're saying, that, that I think really have a message that sticks with me. I'm thinking ahead. Mm a few albums, but no, that's fine. Unrelated thing. Yeah. Is, yeah. is a really amazing relationship song. You are a fan. Yeah. No, you really know that. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. I wanted to ask you a little about other, other songs, other albums you like. You mentioned in your interview with Flansburg, which I encourage all of our listeners to listen to because, or watch, that was like a great interview. You mentioned like nanobots didn't hit you very strongly, which I thought was like an interesting thing to see someone say that to John, John <laughs> Yeah, um, It didn't. Yeah. But I didn't do a good job of following up because he told me that one of his albums <laughs> sounded kind of like gargling on coffee grounds or something. He didn't like the audio. Hmm. And interesting. I didn't say, which album do you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I have a feeling I know. I think he was talking about the else based on other interviews I've watched of him, oh. not to be too like yeah. <laughs> all knowing. <laughs> but uh, when he started to say that to you, I'm like, oh, he's talking about the else. Cause he's talked about like the else being oh, this the really harsh album or something. Hmm. Um, yeah, Nanobots, it, it's, it's a mixed one for me, but there's a few really strong ones that I love and there's some that I don't. So it's kind of, it's, that's like a mixed bag album to me. But there's a couple great ones on there. <laughs> yeah, I like I like some of the songs on the else. Although I, as yeah. I mentioned, I'm rediscovering, I'm discovering, not rediscovering these newer albums now. And mm-hmm. I, I just 
I listened to all of it way too much. I made that playlist. Yes. <laughs> I put that playlist on my website and made an Apple playlist, and that is just uh, always playing. And and I I love the song that's called Ah Ah A A A. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We are. We have this this older setup in when we're driving, and uh, Apple Music always starts at the beginning of our collection, <laughs> and AAA is the first song. And yeah. I have now heard that song like five thousand times. That's so funny. That's a great album too. The one that's that's on. That's Glean, right? Yeah, Glean. Yeah. Glean is a great. That's a really strong wow, album. Impressive. Yeah, they they had a strange like they kind of bounced back. Like there's a few albums in the two thousands that didn't quite hit me, but then. After about 2012 or so, like every like, I started really getting back into them just as like a. a I think fan. they were able to get a little bit looser after all the children's albums, maybe, and the TV stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they were getting back to their creative art roots. Yeah, you quote from uh, "Hope That I Get Old Before I Die," which I love because. Like, I think, like, the best reviews of They Might Be Giants, and as a fan, I've read a lot of them, especially when preparing the podcast, I'll look up, like, oh, what did people say at the time, you know? One, like, pet peeve I have is they always, like, quote the worst, like, my not favorite. <laughs> like, they'll, they'll pick, like, kind of a silly lyric, and then they'll be like, this is a silly album. And I'm like, why didn't you pick a more, like, interesting or ambiguous <laughs> lyric and for me like you quoting like i think about the dirt that i'll be wearing for a shirt yeah. that to me is like this you know it's like a funny dark yes you know morbid very like on brand for them like to me that song is almost like their theme song you know even though their theme song they might be giants is also on the demo tape <laughs> hope that i get old before i die to me is just like such a it's like a central song for me of theirs like i love yeah. that you quoted that you know and that that jumped out at you well you know also the variety like it's sort of like that song sort of like a yeah. sea shanty kind of thing yeah yeah um and 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 maybe almost the, the end is almost sounds like a Broadway kind of thing, but yeah. then <laughs> yeah. we've yeah. got. I mean, most of it I take as satirical in a certain way. So there's mm -hmm. satirical country songs, uh, there's hip hop, there's rock. Yeah. I mean, they're they're really covering covering all the bases. And I noted when I re-listened to it what my favorite songs are. On that, oh yeah, on that yeah. Cassette. Oh please, tell me. Okay, so, <laughs> well, let's put it this way: I'm, I'm a bit. I've always been a big gardener, as you already know. It seems <laughs> it's a recurring motif, and now mm -hmm. I have been digging a uh, vegetable garden and tending to it. For, it's my <laughs> first ever vegetable garden, all my own, that I'm not sharing, not in a community garden, not in somebody else's yard. Mm. Wow! And there are, they might be giant songs that that help me through it and unfortunately get so caught in my mind that maybe they spin around like a thousand times while mm -hmm. I'm while I'm sort of pulling up the invasive species around the tomatoes. And uh, <laughs> so one of them that is that definitely to this day, without having listened to the demo, I was out in that garden thinking of number three. Yeah. There's only two songs in yeah. and this song is one is third for whatever reason. That goes through my mind. There's only two songs in me, and I just wrote the third. Don't know where I got the inspiration or how I wrote the words. Spent my whole life just digging up my music shallow grave for the two songs in me and the third one I just made. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope that I get old before I die. This is my other, another favorite. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
those are kind of like the two polkas on the album, <laughs> Okay, right? there we go. Yeah, maybe it's the driving the, Yeah, yeah, see, <laughs> yeah. I, I probably have some Polish roots somewhere. <laughs> and uh, I love Cowtown. Yeah. Uh, just because it's nonsensical. I mean, you know, maybe it's not <laughs> yeah, Alton Nash. Lewis Carroll. You know, like we mm. we tried with Cowtown. I I don't know if we ever approached any right. sensible interpretation. I don't think of we it. cracked that one. Yeah, though. I don't think we cracked it exactly. <laughs> I don't think you should I do try. still. I Why do try? think it's about. I do think it's about death, like a lot of their songs are. But yeah. just sure. some sort of like winding road to get to death. But I'm I'm not quite clear on <laughs> like what that is. But <laughs> yeah, that's sort of sort of a topic that in art has been <laughs> kind of popular uh for yeah. obvious reasons um one song that i did not love the on the demo i thought i was going to love it on the demo but i it is one of my all-time favorites on the mm-hmm. next album the the first album is mm-hmm. uh, she's a hotel detective yeah though i thought it was <laughs> present tense not past Jeez. tense <laughs> sure yeah that's funny did it come with a track list the demo tape or was it not just that, that blank I, not that i know of Wow, so you really had a lot of like kind of digging to do oh, to figure out. It was that's like pretty, pretty easy because <laughs> it's all pretty accessible. And then the last yeah. one that I find so peppy, so peppy, <laughs> and I love. Which do you want? to, If I say peppy, which one are you going to pick? It, I'm going to guess nothing's going to change. My you got clothes. it. You got okay. it. Wow, you got it. <laughs> Damn. Damn, Jordan. All the people are so happy now; their heads are caving in. Glad they are a snowman with protective rubber skin by every little thing's a domino that falls on different dots. I quoted that in my high school yearbook for my photo. It says it says all the people are so happy now their heads are caving in under my picture. And I picked that quote because to me it represented the feeling of graduating high school where we're happy, but where we don't know what's coming ahead and like life is gonna crush our skulls because it's gonna be harder from here on. <laughs> And that, so I like very purposefully quoted that, that line. It's just, yeah, it's, and, and I guess John Linnell does have a way of putting very peppy, happy tunes on some very morbid lyrics. That sure. song's very, I mean, we, I think we did crack that song. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really, it's about a grave, it's, it's about a corpse, a corpse in a graveyard. And that's why nothing's going to change his clothes. Cause that's, <laughs> you're, you're buried. We're, me and my wife were actually just talking about how disturbed we were. We were talking about this song the other day in the car. Cause we were listening to the Mighty Giants. And I was like, I was like, yeah, just like, it's such a, it's such a scary thought. Like that is the last suit you're ever going to wear. And it's never going to come off. Yeah, of but you. I don't really change my clothes anyway. Yeah. That Dave doesn't change anyways. <laughs> Black t-shirt every day. Yeah. Every like, day, all day. He's like the Simpsons just wears the same clothes yeah. or, or the Flintstones. Um, <laughs> but you know, yeah, the, the, I love, I love that the song. rhythm. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. do. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really. I mean, when I became a fan when I was like fourteen, that that's what got me is the the sound of it. I just I, I hadn't I didn't have a favorite band yet. You know, when I was fourteen, I didn't listen to a lot of music. I was more into like TV TV shows and stuff, and I, I wasn't a big music listener. And then I found they might be giants, and I just got like it just really started opened up a huge world for what me. What kind of TV shows were you into? Oh, just like I was like obsessed with like the Simpsons. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy Ren and, and the Simpsons and like uh all those I'll answer for him. Yeah, no, like yeah, no, I am Seinfeld. trying to think. Yeah, like that's the thing. I was more of a pop culture guy. But that, and, but that's that's consistent with the they might be giants vibe. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I I don't mind telling you X Files. I was obsessed with X Files. I, I, I yeah. if you listen to the latest episode of my podcast, 
Tom Gamble, mm-hmm. who was a Simpsons writer for 20 oh, yeah. Yeah, years. I, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and awesome. Seinfeld, too. Yeah. yeah, Seinfeld. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's, oh, uh, he and I were roommates way back for a summer. I'm a big comedy nerd, TV nerd. I know the names of all these writers. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and me and Dave, we watched like the Seinfeld like DVD extras. We've saw interviews with Tom Gamble and all yeah, that. Yeah, Tom Gamble and, and Max <laughs> Pross were two of my very, yeah. very yeah. close friends from, from back oh, then. Awesome. And, and then so cool. other wonderful people who worked on The Simpsons that I knew were George Meyer. I don't know if you recognize wow. that name. He's like a legend. Yeah, he no, is he... a legend. Even in my life, too. I mean, he's a wonderful person. And Mike Reese and Al Jean. Um, <laughs> okay, you know everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, They're still there. Al Jean's still there. Yeah. I got onto this magazine called The Harvard Lampoon with Mike Reese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mike Reese. And I, I just bought an issue of The Lampoon. Oh, wow. Well, that I found in a thrift st- in an old uh, bookstore. <laughs> how much? Did, I wonder if. How much did they charge you? <laughs> it was five bucks. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, because I flipped through it and it, it had a bunch of it had like art from Neil Adams and Walt Simons, like DC Marvel artists from like back in the day. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'll buy it. So I bought it. I wonder if, uh, yeah, it's from God. It's from like the seventies. Well, they said the Simpsons got all their writers from the Harvard Lampoon. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, and and. Um, Tom Gamble, who is the guest on the latest episode of my podcast, I Couldn't Throw It Out, mm-hmm. is a wonderful artist. And his drawings are in the Harvard Lampoon, but he also has a comic strip oh. called The Doozies. Oh, awesome. And um, <laughs> and uh, one of the things I, I do is go through all the drawings he gave me over time. Um, so, mm. But anyway, getting back to... This album. I also want to talk about your podcast, oh, okay. too. I, I definitely want people to check it <laughs> Thank out. Thank you. There are a few more little things mm. that I took a few more, had a few more thoughts that I wanted to share with you. One is that yes. I was surprised that this version, I love Don't Let's Start, but you notice I didn't list it as one of my favorites because this version <laughs> yeah. just mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, it's just not happening the way it is on the, the next version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a little, it's a little, it's a weird, it's a kind of like a dead eyed version of it. Yeah. And, and, it's kind yeah. of like a zo- zombified yeah, version less, of it. Less rocking. Don't, don't, don't let start. This is the worst part. I could leave for out the world that you're my precious little girl, but don't, don't, don't. But it's still a wonderful song, obviously. And then and I was reading on the amazing They Might Be Giants wiki about mm-hmm. uh, You'll Miss Me. Um, yeah, yeah. And and they said Hilly Crystal sang the first version. And mm-hmm. I knew Hilly Crystal because my play, The Cool Club, was put on at CBGB, wow. like which was a rock venue, but they had a gallery next door. And yeah, I bought sure. all the lighting. CB's gallery. Yep. And I yeah. put up all the lighting. I've play, played there. Oh, too. there we go. So, <laughs> yeah. so wow. that lighting oh, so that cool. you probably played with, I bought because there was oh. no <laughs> good lighting for the stage. And we put wow. on my play there and Hilly Crystal kind of produced it in a way. I noticed that on the wiki, there was a lot of discussion about the meaning of 32 footsteps. And to me, that one is obvious because the key line is, why'd she leave? Like, <laughs> well, wait, I will elaborate on that because yeah. that, that song, I'll, I don't know if we cracked that one, except in the general sense that it's some sort of, you know, as suffering narrator who's having some sort yeah, of yeah, it's a, I mean it's like another it's another breakup song. Why yeah. did she leave? Thirty two footsteps take her away or whatever. Mm-hmm. I felt like that one was to me that one was pretty clear. <laughs> but there <laughs> was a lot funny. of there were a yeah. lot of theories of discussion about it. Well, there's some very strange lines in that yeah. song. I yeah. mean, there's 
there's, I mean, that's the thing. Sometimes the you get the vibe of the overall song, but then when you put the microscope to the specific lines, they're like, wait, yes. but what is that? That's kind of what I was saying before yeah. about some of my songs. Like if I'm writing a song that I think is too obvious, I will throw in a, a <laughs> not a non sequitur, but just a thing where I'm like, well, that's not a personal. I'm making that part up, you know, like a thing to just kind of make it more artistic. Screw it, screw it around <laughs> a little. Yeah, and Thirty Two yeah. Footsteps is yeah. Like, there's a lot of some crazy stuff in there, but talk about crazy. <laughs> Whose voice is that on Boat of Car? That is, I believe, Margaret Saylor. God, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> Margaret Saylor got it uh, out in two seconds, man. She yeah, she <laughs> sings. Uh, it's two different performances. One is on the demo, and then one they re-recorded it on the uh, album. She follows us on Twitter. She like wow. she like oh, actively wow. follow like she'll like tweets and she'll respond. Wow, and, there cool. we go. Yeah, wow. yeah. I that's didn't know that. that's a very strange song, and, and then it just. Pointing out the strange things, Rabbit Child is, yeah. I guess it's about truckers, they say, yeah. but <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. Well, it's like a very, it's like, it's like horrific, I like, it, it sounds literal. like a horror movie, you know, <laughs> like the music to it or something. It's, there's like this doom and gloom feel to it, but like, why? Like, I don't yeah. I think it's an actual creature. Yeah, because like, that. Well, that's when I was fourteen, and I heard that. I didn't know CB radios. I didn't know any of that stuff. I yeah. grew up in the, the city. I'm, I'm not a trucker person, so I was like, "Oh, it's about like a rabid child." <laughs> But also, I think that that um, back then, again, CB radios, like there were songs, of, there was a song about CB radios on the, mm-hmm. on the radio. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was a little more, you know, in the culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you don't need CB radios anymore, obviously. You use your <laughs> yeah. freaking cell phone. Um, yeah. But now Youth Culture Killed My Dog is seems quite straightforward to me actually in a certain mm-hmm. way and <laughs> um, my qu- related question is did you guys know who Backrack and david were yes i'm pretty sure i did Backrack, yes yeah i knew i knew at the time burt Backrack. Yeah. raindrops keep falling on my head like i yeah. knew i knew they those songs team. They as like team. kind of a young kid also i had an older sister who liked a lot of interesting music and she's really into like the monkeys and rem and college rock and like a lot of my music knowledge was from her, even They Might Be Giants, it was her cassette of Flood that I found when she was off in college. (laughs) And I was digging around in her room for whatever reason. I think I was, oh, I know, I was specifically looking for it because I I thought about They Might Be Giants randomly one day. And I'm like, I think she had that and I found it. And that was how I became a fan. That's so funny. Older sisters really are important (laughs) in terms of music. My older sister gave me my first, well, I had had Beatles albums when I was really little, but Mm. my first album as a high school person was Crosby, Stills, and Nash, the first mm-hmm. album. And it was like a treasure. I used to carry it around like, <laughs> yeah, I've got this album. You know, yeah. people, people, I've got this album. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, and it was from my sister. <laughs> I, um, I, al- I also wanted to ask about the final line of your People review, because it's kind of infamous in a way, because it started, <laughs> it's the first of what is still a trend even today in reviews of They Might Be Giants, which is that you you play off the band's name. You say, it won't be long before they really are giants. Now, as the first review, you're the first one ever saying this. I feel like that's a perfectly understandable, reasonable, uh, innocent, like, little line to put in. But then when 
5,000 other music <laughs> reviewers after you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. <laughs> how do you yeah. feel about that? Oh, I, 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 I am so guilty of all that. How do you sleep at yeah, night? Yeah, I, I don't know how I sleep at night because I'm so guilty of doing that. Yeah. And I'm the person who's doing it for the 10,000th time or was when I was reviewing <laughs> records um, yeah. because... Because I haven't do it the first time for this one, but that's why I apologize to John Flansburg about that. You did. I know your yeah. your interview with him was like funny. It was very cathartic. <laughs> like you kind of brought out all these like grievances and <laughs> these things. It Life was really grudges. Yeah, it was really interesting. So it was like one of the more unique. Because I've trust me, I've listened and watched every review of these guys since the eighties. Because I have a massive Excel sheet where I. Log oh my god them. how cool i know it's been like a pro five years of doing this and <laughs> so that i can look up clips really really fast right <laughs> um so i've listened to all of them and like what i like is a unique interview where it's like oh he hasn't they haven't talked about this yet yeah. you know it's not the Which same it's hard to do yeah but i left off i really wanted to ask him mm. the one of the top questions i wanted to ask and it's just we were so over time and i couldn't yeah. take his time anymore was does he now see the line between kiss me son of God and Donald Trump? <laughs> I think probably well, do you know <laughs> I think he does. I mean, he didn't write that one. That's John Linnell. But I, I feel like, well, on our show, we played clips of Linnell talking about that song. And he yeah. says it's basically about your general like mega what's the word? Mega church? <laughs> no, well, well, sort of. No, like uh egomaniac yeah, like megalomaniac. megalomaniac that's a hard yeah, word we got yeah. there yeah um <laughs> like power hungry narcissistic yeah exactly um there is a song I, do you know the, the song the greatest because a lot of fans assume that's about trump mm. that's on um i like fun they call me the greatest even though i'm not that great or yeah, and he's yeah. like here imagining crowds cheering yes. for him and yeah. how sad he is inside and stuff. And I was like, I wonder if that's a Trump song. <laughs> hey, call me the greatest Because I'm not very good And the being sarcastic The being sarcastic I'm assuming the neck rolls aren't working. The neck rolls. <laughs> you know that one? There's a lot I of, know that one. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, really? I never thought of it. Do you know that? Oh. That's a great That's a great one. Ooh. Yeah, good newer one. They have a lot of newer... That's not even like on a uh, released... Out, like it's not yeah. streaming yeah, I don't or know anything. That one. No. They started making so many songs per album that they were putting out an album and then rather than just be, like a few B-sides, <laughs> like it was a whole <laughs> bonus disc. They've done that like yeah. three times now where it's a bonus disc of like 18 or something <laughs> songs yeah. left out and a lot of them are my favorites and i'm like how could they and that that's yeah. a really great one wow i'm so glad that you know their other material because we've talked to a lot of guests and they don't mm -hmm. they'll just like they're just like i don't know any of their oh stuff. no I, I i just became absolutely obsessed and mm -hmm. and i picked all my favorite songs from all their albums and made that playlist that i yeah you you made a great uh like blog or i don't know what they're yeah. called these these days <laughs> um it's a great list i agreed with a, a lot of that list it's a really strong like list of uh of favorite songs. I could have made it a little longer, but I just, enough was enough. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but I know, it, that's the... <laughs> you know, I'm watching the guitars in the background there, and that's a little bit what I'm jealous of from you, because <laughs> I think that you, you, I played the violin, which is not relevant to cool. listen to They Might Be Giants, and I didn't really <laughs> enjoy it anyway. Um, and I feel like your knowledge of music must make it 
must be just such a bonus in understanding what, and appreciating what they're doing and how difficult it is and how imaginative it is. And mm-hmm. I think as a music reviewer, if only I, my parents had given me a guitar when I was younger, I, <laughs> I might not have been reduced to saying things like, someday they will be giants. I might have had something <laughs> a little more, more useful to say. Oh, well, I'll, I'll be more, I'll be modest, which is that I'm, my parents didn't give me anything. I'm all self-taught. I I'm don't, I'm not that good. Uh, <laughs> and well, I'm not good. I'm not, I did try to learn music theory briefly, but I found it stifling. Um, cause I found when I was writing songs, it was like inhibiting me in a weird way. It was like, Oh, that's just music theory. Like it felt like not natural. So I, I shoved it all out of my brain though. It does help with composing. If I get yeah. an assignment, and someone needs like a Western song or something like, or like Game of Thrones theme. Like I kind of know what to do, but, um, I, I usually feel that we should know more music theory <laughs> or more about music. We've had to look up stuff do. on the show. We'll like be talking <laughs> on the show about like guessing. what we think they're doing in the song. And we're like, kind of can't find the word. So we'll like have to double check, <laughs> but we, we have gotten a lot of emails being like, Oh, I'm so glad you guys like our songwriter. Cause Dave's also, yeah, he put out an album today. I did. Um, like, yeah, we've we've had people like say that to us, which is nice, which is like, oh, you can actually kind of go inside the songs a little and be like, here's what they're doing here. But then um, there's people who can really do. Yeah. That. Then, But then we get emails from literal like music geniuses. Yeah. And they're like, like who, are, who the hell do you think? Yeah. You are? They've like corrected us and be like, that's not a pentatonic three fourth, whatever. We just don't even know. That's not. Yeah. I'm not a very technical minded. I'm more like instinctual kind of songwriting person. All right, now, Dave, is your music distinct from Jordan's? I mean, I'm sure it is, but like, in what way is it? Are you? Is it a different genre? Uh, yeah, I play punk rock, mm. but I was uh, the bass player in Jordan's yeah. band. Yeah, my albums. It's, it's Dave on bass and backing vocals. Um, so I cool. think I, I think I brought a little bit of the punk sensibility. I mean, yeah. there's there's definitely some dovetailing in there a little bit, but um, pretty much straightforward. Yeah, punk, fast, aggressive. Yeah. And the other thing, in terms of they might be giants, my goal is for people to hear my music and not think I'm a they might be giants because it's too it's just so I don't want to make it obvious but still I get emails from fans being like your songs sound just like they might be giants. I, I don't think like, they sound this just like they yeah. might be giants but I think that your spirit yeah, yeah is, sure. is yeah. similar your, I get the, what your I, sound is not but your spirit is I've been compared more to violent femmes than they might mm. be giants over the years from total yes. strangers who don't know what I like or anything. They'll be like, violent femmes. Like I have a bootleg of one of my shows where a guy sitting at the table where the recorder is, he's like some British guy and he goes like, he's like a mini golden gano. <laughs> <laughs> I just like we, love that. We loved them. And we mm-hmm. went to see them like in maybe 2018 and 2019 and on a rooftop in Manhattan. I they was performed. there. You were there. Cool. Yeah, yeah. With Ben Folds, with Ben Folds, right? Because it was yeah. a double bill. But anyway, we looked up on the screen and we saw him. We were like, "Oh my god, we're old." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go through that. He was yeah. such. You know, he was a super cool young guy. I actually have a vision in my head of I was in CBGB's <laughs> gallery, and he was he and a friend were sitting at the next booth, kind of, and. And we were like trying to eavesdrop and like, oh my God, <laughs> we're in CBGB's and Gordon Gano's right over there. Wow. That's like the coolest thing that could ever happen to yeah. a person. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's his so voice cool. is exactly the same though. Yes. His That's voice. why I get compared because yeah. I think even when I'm 60, my singing voice will have this boyish. <laughs> 
kind of. I just it's just my voice. Where yeah. Dave's voice is a oh lot more. Oh my god, it's getting lower every day. <laughs> it's putting people <laughs> and, to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm getting poorer every day. So there, yeah, there we <laughs> There you go. Well, yeah, that that song was perfect for your demo review because <laughs> it's it's like such a yeah. Well, see, they, I think they might be giants. Wouldn't like the word parody, but they kind of are. They almost are parodies in a way. But well, satire satire is a better better word. Yeah, I was them. actually wondering what you thought of that because you're you're. Your review like toes the line really well, where it's like you don't want to be like they're they're jokes, but they're there's also like they're not just jokes, you know what I yeah, mean? Like these, yeah, exactly. And that's that's a like a been a very challenge. I mean, it's a very frequent topic on our our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like there's humor, but they're not Weird Al, you know? There's yeah, like, no, they're not. Because <laughs> sometimes the joke is so oblique that you don't even know what the <laughs> joke is, right? Like, right. well, they're funny. I mean, they're funny people. Well, you say arty throwaway jokes, which is like, you know, yeah. like a good, yeah. that those two words, arty and jokes <laughs> is like sort of a very like accurate thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you shouldn't, you shouldn't worry, take anything too seriously that the 25 year old Michael Small wrote or whatever, <laughs> you know, it was like, I, I didn't know my, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, no, it's, I still it's a great review. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's a it's a great review, and I, I love that they. You know, you're in. What was the experience like being in Gigantic to talk about it? I was a jerk. I thought they cut me because <laughs> because I made some comment, a flippant comment that was sort of like, well, other reviewers don't get it or something. And then I thought, uh, oh my God, all I know is other reviewers. And I just yeah. insulted them <laughs> and it's going to be in a movie and everyone's going to hear it. So I was calling them going like, please, please, please don't put in that comment. And <laughs> I thought so they were, I could tell they were at the other end going like, there's an insane person. Yeah. And we, I guess we have to include him because he wrote the first review, but um, yeah. <laughs> he's insane. Why is he worrying about that? So, so I relate to that. <laughs> I like that story. I worry too. Yeah, yeah. You have my sympathy. We cut out stuff on our own show that we oh, say God. we're like, oh, that's going to make someone mad. Yeah. Let's cut that out. <laughs> yes, you know, I a, mean, and yeah. on on my podcast, part of the goal is with my my I record it with my friend since fifth grade, Sally Libby, mm. and um, we set out our goals, and one was not to make anybody mad. Yeah, yeah. That, why why do one. that? Why yeah. do that? At this stage of the game, we want our show to be pretty positive, but honest still. Like if we don't yeah. like a song, we right. want to say the, it. Yeah. It's That's not like a puff, it's not a puff piece about they might be giants, but it's also like I don't want to be. I I've sold people. I've told previous guests who might who wanted to maybe tell like scandalous stories about <laughs> they might be giants. I I told them like our podcast isn't about destroying they might be giants. <laughs> well, we like them. Yeah, we like. We're them. fans. Yeah. Wow. Um, I didn't even. It never even. <laughs> Cross my mind that there would be a scandalous story about they might be giants. So, oh, I wanted to ask. So, over the years, have you like since the you know from the d- demo tape review to the future? Like, did you next see them live? Did you like, especially in the eighties? Like, if you have any memories of like following the band, or or were you kind of busy with other stuff? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was so busy. I mean, it, it, with with one band or another, I followed some bands on tour, and I I. Mm. You know, I went on tour with the Pixies. I oh my god, I, they're my other favorite band. I went, yeah. I, I I was with Jesus. Striper, this Christian rock group. I, I know uh, Striper. I, <laughs> I, Not I, well, gin, I've heard of them. I went, I went <laughs> salmon fishing with the Gin Blossoms. I, you know, <laughs> that's like a name go, of a memoir, <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on and on. So, yeah. so you've lived a life. There was wow. always another uh, thing to do, but. I did see They Might Be Giants several times. And mm-hmm. as as you know from the episode of my podcast, they dedicated this concert to me in San Francisco, which was 
super meaningful because uh-huh. a lot of people from work were there and and it it uh this was a job where I was like this this magazine guy at one of the first websites which was Wired's uh web website called Hotwired mm. and it just meant so much to me that people got to hear you know oh, okay you know, wow. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, at least I'm friends with They Might Be Giants. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to hear about, I might not use this, but touring with the Pixies. I was going to ask the same thing. Yeah. I, not to digress, but just being a huge Frank Black We're both, fan. Frank Black is like, so yeah. I tell, when I give people my album, especially in record stores and I drop it off, I don't say They Might Be Giants, but I do say Frank Black. I say oh. Frank Black is like my favorite songwriter. When I say touring, I didn't go to 20 dates with them. I went to, sure. they were in Boston and I went and and hung out with him while they were there, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think Kim Deal is a genius. <laughs> I loved yeah. The Breeders. I think it's the best rock music. I, 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 just, I just think she's so smart. So I was very impressed. I was so focused on how much I thought she was amazing. And there was a lot of smoking. I remember yeah. a lot of these <laughs> yeah. bands I went with, I also were with the Blues Traveler. And I was in a van with Blues Traveler, and there was so much smoking that Hmm. it was like being just driving around in a little cloud. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so these these things were a long time ago, but I am going to get out my tape because, you know, on my podcast, I revisit all these things I've done, some of them Mm -hmm. for People Magazine about celebrities, and some of them just what happened to me in high school. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I have the tapes of my interviews with the Pixies, with wow. XT, XTC when I was ah. met them. <laughs> They're um, my other favorite band. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know, all these different people. <laughs> I have all these tapes and I have all my notes and, I, and I'm and i going to, I, honestly, I'll remember it when I listen to yeah. the tape and, and wow. <laughs> do an episode about it. I love the Breeders too. I love how the Breeders albums sound. Like I just yeah. love the sound of yeah. it. Like, I don't, I, I haven't, it's not like They Might Be Giants where the songs stuck, stick in my head. Like, I couldn't really sing you many Breeders songs, but like, there's a certain mood. Like, if I'm driving, I'm like, I just need to listen to like that kind of music and I'll just put it on. There is one song that is like one of my favorites that I could, that I do here while mm-hmm. I'm gardening, but I'm just, I'm not gardening. <laughs> I have to go, if you wanted me to tell you that song, I have to go get my, <laughs> my uh, hoe and get out in the yeah. Garden. That'll be the follow-up episode. But yeah, Frank Black, <laughs> I feel like me and Dave could easily do a Frank Black podcast where we just talk about all, we, we both have all of his songs like memorized and, you he's, know, he's I used to cover s- a bunch at my shows, a bunch of his songs. I see a theme. You like all the smart people. I, XTC, I, Frank do, Black. Dave, I love talking heads. They might I be love, giants. Yeah. I love, like, I love nerdy art rock, like yeah, artsy like rock smart people. kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I also love Metallica, so. <laughs> yeah, Dave's a big Metallica fan. I, I, I did a story with them too. God damn it. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, right right like? after the burning. Remember oh, when he wow, got burned? Oh, really? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I wasn't there, but I know about Headfield, it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't, I didn't connect with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were a, a lot of bands I didn't connect with, but, but there mm. were some. There were some I did. Yeah. Any like final thoughts about like in terms of like how important your review was for the yeah. band and how it opened them up? I mean, maybe eventually they would have gotten to where they are anyway, but I feel like you really kind of kickstarted it. Like, who knows? They could have not had their first album until 1992 or 94. You know what I mean? Like The most important thing about that review mm-hmm. is how it reflects the generosity of John Flansburg and John Linnell, who have always given me credit 
for mm-hmm. just for mm. listening and appreciating and writing it down. If it hadn't been me, it would have been somebody else six months later. I did not do anything great. And yet <laughs> oh, they've been so generous. No, I mean, come <laughs> on, you know, I didn't do anything great. I just wrote, a, I wrote thousands of hundreds. I wrote, wrote yeah. hundreds of record reviews. This was mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I will add, and it did a lot for me and to yeah. just maybe to wrap this up, it did, it did more for me because they kept giving me credit and, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's why I said, I feel like they're my friends, even though, because of the mm-hmm. background being mm-hmm. so similar and, and even though I'm not really their friend, cause I don't know them that well, but, <laughs> but, um, the you're their only high... friend. You're not their only friend. Exactly. But you're... <laughs> yeah. I, I am the little blue nightlight. I was at I was working at MSNBC as mm. a website manager, and you know I did not have a good news background, um, and I really wanted to get out of popular culture into news, and mm. they had taken me in, and I was so excited to be there, and that was another amazing job, MSNBC, and then also Entertainment Weekly and People Magazine mm. were all jobs where I felt like I should just pay them. And so I was at that job, but feeling insecure because I didn't have the background everybody else had. I'm sitting with these people who, you know, like they're political junkies who covered things and had experience. And somebody brought up, they might be giants. And I said, well, I wrote their first review. So Mm. I didn't know what they were doing, but they went online and looked up Michael Small, they might be giants. And then everybody started yelling, oh my God, we're on this page. It must've been on the wiki. (laughs) Yeah. It's this whole page that Michael Small and they might be giants. And like that, like put a little halo over my head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that and when Larry O'Donnell came by and gave me a noogie, I used to have hair back then. He came by and gave me a noogie. The They Might Be Giants review and Larry O'Donnell's noogie gave me status at MSNBC yeah. and made my life better. Wow. That's amazing. There you have it. <laughs> that's great. Um, I want to thank you so much for talking to us. This yeah, is going to like, this is going to be a great like garnish on our demo tape episode, you know? Like, great. Yeah. And I wanted to give people a chance to know about your podcast just in case they didn't yeah. process that. You're, can you just talk about your podcast for a minute or two? Sure. And the concept behind it, because I really relate to the concept of having a lot of stuff, but I I can't get rid of myself. I'm too, it's, I'm just too sentimental, but that's what your show's about really. Well, the podcast is called, I couldn't throw it out. And in each episode, we dig up one of the treasures I've saved and I've saved a lot of stuff. It fills 24 boxes that used to be in my friend's garage. uh, And now we have an attic. So it's been moved to our attic and mm. it is highly curated. It is not like I save everything. Hmm. Yeah. It's 24 boxes of highly curated things, except there is pretty much almost every card and letter I've ever received, hmm. every paper I ever wrote for school, but most, <laughs> but, but uh, probably of most interest to other people, although it, I hope to make it all interesting to people, is that I saved every cassette tape of every interview I did during 15 years at People Magazine, plus different versions of the story, all my notes, memorabilia, Mm. um, you know, while you were out note with a thing from Andy Warhol calling me, that kind of stuff (laughs) um, that I've saved. And um, I feel like the treasures we save have stories in them. That's why we save them. The stories are more valuable than the treasures themselves. Mm. And so my my co-host Sally Libby and I... um, 
go through these things. And in each episode, we tell one of the stories. We've done 15 episodes so far, and we're, we've got a lot more already recorded and lined up. And um, uh, we've had just really fun doing it. And I have not done a good job of throwing things out, but <laughs> a few things have been discarded. Yeah. Wow, that's great. I look forward yeah. to all those future episodes. The John, again, to our listeners, the John Flansburg one's fantastic. It's really fun. And and um, it's on all podcast services except Spotify mm-hmm. because Joni Mitchell was our first episode and she's boycotting Spotify and it seemed okay. really weird to be on Spotify if she was boycotting. Sure. That is weird, yeah. Because um, <laughs> I spent a full day with her and wow. did, did a couple wow. episodes on that. And... Um, and, our, and we have a lot more information, like my They Might Be Giants playlist, and the and you can also hear the whole Hotwired interview at throwitoutpodcast.com. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Jinx. There you go. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, you say it's an honor, but to me, it's an honor yeah, talking to you. Like I said, so for They Might Be Giants fans, especially like me, who are like really into the whole like mythology of the band, you're like a very like... Central figure, you know, it's like, and we've talked to a lot of people like that and it always blows my mind. Like I talked to that person. I can't believe it. You know, like we talked to Bill Krause who produced that demo and the first two albums. And well, it's, it's funny because I feel like talking to these people who have put out all these episodes where they've talked for hours about single (laughs) albums. That's impressive to me. So back, right back at you. And thank you so much for including me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you, Michael. You just heard us thank him anyway, but we're going to thank him away. <laughs> Thanks again. We're going to thank him away from his ears, from yeah. his prying eyes. That was um, a very fun interview. That really was fun. It was meant to be, my intention was that it was going to be a very short interview yes. that would be with uh, us talking about the demo. But it was so good. I we just, said, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah. Release the whole damn thing. Fuck our corporate overlords. Exactly. We're going to do what we want. We're tearing up these contracts. Yeah. It was just too fun to talk. Yeah. I feel like we could have talked another hour about all his other stories in the music journalism Frank world. Black. Ugh, I want to know more about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want XTC, all these. Oh everybody. my God. Uh, everybody. Everybody. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Michael. That was great. Our next episode is going to be about the 1980s demos. We're going to talk about the demo tape, but I'm also preparing some some thoughts, <laughs> some feelings mm-hmm. about their other 1980s demos because they've they kind of have a massive pile, probably some we've that have never been discovered still of 1980s demos of a lot of these songs. I'm trying to sure. organize something that will make sense to new and old fans alike. Um, so that's our next episode. That's really big of you. Yeah, thank you. It actually is. It's a huge ordeal. <laughs> they have like 12 different versions of Put Your Hands Inside the Bubbit Head. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play them at Dave and get his, his. you know, those YouTube reaction videos? Yeah. Maybe we should do that. Dave sure. reacts to Jordan. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't think you'd see much. <laughs> Dave, you're like that old silent film where yeah. it just keeps showing the same face and it shows like a grapefruit and then it shows like a baby and i'm a grapefruit yeah um i'm a grapefruit that's our new slogan that's our new catchphrase Jerry. we got to make shirts 
don't let's start a podcast about the Amazon Giants. I'm a grapefruit. Anyway, enough silliness. My God, how do you people even stand me? Please, what did you think of the interview with Michael? I what thought are, it was good. Not you, Dave, the listener. Uh, um, I'm just joshing. What, what are your thoughts on the 1985 demo tape? What are your thoughts on Michael's review? Email us at don'tletstartpodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us and follow us at don'tletspod. Don't Always a lot of activity there. I try to keep it alive. I try to keep it going. Yeah, keep, keep it going. Engagement, they call it. And if you want to support the show, this would actually listen, guys. This <laughs> this would. Yeah. If you want me to make more episodes of the show, nothing is puts a better fire in my belly, yeah. fire under my feet. I guess those two things mean the same thing. Like uh, a little cashola, sure. a little incentive. I want to please our our paying donors. Thank you to all of you who do it. Uh, the in order to do that, you can go to podcasters.spotify.com/pod/show/don't-let's-start. I think yeah. you could just Google it, and it'll yeah. come up. The home base being the Spotify. Spotify bought out Anchor. We haven't really talked about this publicly. Yeah. But uh, I have no opinion on it. We got a huge payout. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spotify, did the, we had a big party, insider party with all the big Spotify people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Google our home base and click on the support this podcast button. You have a few options. It would be a delight and, and a, a privilege pleasure. and a pleasure to make content for you, to entertain you. And I'm honestly, I'm very, I am excited about the show again. I want to make a bunch <laughs> of episodes where we're so close to really cool albums that I have very, very strong opinions on. I know Dave does too. I we're, sure do, Jordan. It's going to be fun. Thank you again to Michael. Thank, thank you. Thank you to me. Thank you to Dave. Thanks, everybody. See you next time on Don't Let's Start, a podcast about They Might Be Giants. Goodbye and so long. No, 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 no one's smelling like a rose. But I don't care if no one's coming up for air. I know that nothing's going to change my clothes. Whoever I am in my house.